Welcome to Converge Live. Worship with us this morning. Let's get to our feet. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. Let's put our hands together. We're going to praise him this morning. Yes. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up and now I'm set apart. From the ash I am born Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words could say I follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow me Forever free in unending grace Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom We lift you higher, we lift you higher Shining light, breaking chains that were holding me. Yes, sent your son down to set me free. Everything of this world will fade. I'm pressing on till I see your face, and I will live that your will be done. And I won't stop till your kingdom comes. You are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher.
on, church. You believe that today. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Man, God is so good. Let's lift up a prayer to him just for his goodness. God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for who you are, for transforming us to become more like you, Father. Father God, in the image of God, we are so grateful and so thankful that you are who you say that you are, that you never change. You never waver, left or right. You are God. And we are who you say that we are. We're chosen and not forsaken. And we thank you that you did it before. And you'll do it again, Father. You're still working on our behalf. And we praise you for that.
God. It never felt as alone. Come on, those lyrics say, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Come on, church. Come on, like I said, if he did it before, he'll do it today. Come on, you got the faith to say that. Come on, lift it up all over this house. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence you've never failed your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness our confidence and we walk in that confidence he's never felt me yet. Mm -hmm. hey. and I never will forget he's never felt me. come on sing a new song to him never felt it yet. Ooh, church, come on, he's never felt it yet. And I won't, and I won't forget. Oh, we love you, we thank you for your mercy and grace. Oh, God, you never felt Churches worship him, worship him. Mm -hmm. 
on, think of his goodness. Think of his grace that constantly pursues us. Think of his mercy. Oh, that he loved you so much that he would send Jesus to the cross, his only son, his only son. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. Father God, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in this house, for what you're doing to every person representing here and watching online home, Father God. We know that you're a chain breaker, you're a way maker, and you make things happen when we can't even see it happening, Father God. You are a faithful God. We are so, so grateful for that. And all God's people say, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Converge Worship. Good morning. Thank you guys so much for joining us today for Converge Live where we are worshiping in person. We also say thank you to Converge Nation, our online virtual family that is joining us via live stream. Thank you guys for always supporting us in that fashion. And if you are new here to Converge today, and this is your first time worshiping it with us, we say welcome to you as well. It is not lost on us that you took time out of your day to spend it here with us, worshiping the Lord. So if this is your first time to celebrate it, we ask that you would stop by the Welcome Center and connect with one of our servant leaders at the end of the worship experience, we have a gift for you. It's a token of appreciation and just our way of saying thank you so much for choosing to worship with us here today. Thank you so much. So, there's a lot that God is doing right here at Converge. We've got a lot of stay, uh, save the dates for you. And the best way to stay informed on everything that's happening here is to connect with us on our various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. And you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. For those save the dates during the month of June, we want to make you aware that we are kicking off a brand new sermon series titled Ghost Stories. Yes, you heard me right, Ghost Stories. Now, for some that may sound a little weird, a little spooky, but it's not, I promise. Pastor Ray is going to be taking us during the month of June through and teaching us about the person, the purpose, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, so. Make sure you lock in every Sunday during the month of June, beginning Sunday, June 5th, which is actually Pentecost Sunday. And it's apropos that we begin this series on Pentecost Sunday because Pentecost Sunday is, or it's 50 days from Resurrection Sunday. And it commemorates when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and the early church. It is the beginning of the church as we know it. So we want y'all to join us for this sermon series. Come with us, lock in every Sunday. The second thing we wanna make you aware of about the month of June is that Sunday, June 19th, is Father's Day. Yes, we need to be more excited about our dads, y'all. <laughs> so, 
For Father's Day, we're going to be honoring our dads, our father's figures. And then for those of you like me who maybe your dad isn't with you anymore, it's a day where we can remember what they meant to us, what they brought to our lives, how they impacted us. And it's also going to be baby dedications. That is a time-honored, beloved tradition here at Converge. So if you have a baby and you want to dedicate your baby, please stop by the lobby at the end of the worship experience to sign up or email admin at weareconverge.com. It's going to be a special time of prayer and dedication and blessing over our babies. So have your families join us, have the godparents join us, come and celebrate dedicating our babies to the Lord with us on Sunday, June 19th. And this is now, we're moving into the Blessed Life segment, our opportunity to worship the Lord in our giving. It is our opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us right here at Converge. And so if you would like to partner with us financially, we have multiple ways that you can do it. Do that. We have our ushers in the aisles with envelopes. We just ask that you would fill out those details in its entirety so that we can properly record and account for your giving. You can also give online by visiting us at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. It is safe and secure to give that way. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. And you can give via our mobile app. All you do is search the iOS and the Android app stores to find and download Converge Church Plano and give that way. We appreciate your generosity. We appreciate everything that you guys do to help us reach the community that God has called us to. Let us have a quick word of prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for this opportunity to give, to worship you in our giving, to sow into your kingdom, to reach the community that you've called us to do. And we do that partly in our generosity. Thank you for a church that prioritizes generosity, Father, because we do live with an open hand, not a clenched fist. We trust you that everything that we sow, God, will bring you glory. It will minister to the community. It will reach the hurting. It will bless those in need, Father. It will do everything that you have, have that it will accomplish everything that you have said it should, Father. We love you. We honor you and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience.
A big congratulations to our graduates. It is graduation Sunday. And here at Converge Church, it is our culture to give honor to whom honor is due. And we've set aside today, this Sunday, to honor and celebrate the achievements, the academic achievements and accomplishments of our outstanding high school seniors, as well as, I believe, one college graduate. So without further ado, uh, with the students who are graduating this year, uh, Marcus Barnes. Veronica Diaz and Nia Kennedy Harmon make their way to the stage. And then we also have one fantastic college graduate and let's show our love. Uh, she's no stranger to you, Wilhelmina Brown. Wilhelmina Brown. Why don't you come on down? Coquetzo and the Converge Students Leadership Team, why don't you join me here on stage and Pastor Wendy as well. All righty. All righty. Fantastic. Ooh, my baby girl is in the house. Come on, somebody. My Nia Kennedy. Come on down. Let's line up across the stage. Is Marcus here? Marcus Barnes? Marcus is running a little late. Okay. All right. Come on down. Fantastic. I don't want to do this without Pastor Wendy uh, because Pastor Wendy oversees uh, all of our family life, all of our family experiences. So from the cradle uh, to adulthood, all of that is within our purview, not just Converge Kids, but also Converge Students. Our men's ministry here, we call Converge Men, Converge Her, our women's ministry, our young adults ministry, all of that is within her purview. So why don't you join me, Pastor Wendy, show your love for my mocha princess. She is in the house repping her alma mater, the great Alabama State University, the mighty fighting hornets, marching hornets. Mighty marching. Mighty marching hornets. Amen. Why don't you take it away, Pastor Wendy? Well, good morning, everybody. We were just in the middle of Psalm 23. Oh, wow. We were getting it in. The sheep were baying, and the cows <laughs> were mooing. So I've got to reach, be focused. But we are so excited. Yes, we, we are, are very excited for our graduates. Of course, we have a graduate, but you came to pass through this way. And so we would be remiss as your church family if we did not acknowledge the next phase that the Lord is taking you to. We want to celebrate that, and we also want to bless you. Amen. Now we know that Miss Wilhelmina has already graduated from high school. Yes. But she has graduated from college, and so that is a big milestone. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Show your love for Miss Wilhelmina Brown. Yes, and so we have that you graduated from Collin College, the Frisco campus. Your major was business management. You got a certificate in that, and your graduation date was May 16th, 2021. But we are so glad to celebrate you because we were not meeting in person at that time. So look at all that cuteness. Yeah. There oh, she is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And so we are so excited. How does it feel? To, was this a dream come true for you? Yes. Yes, it was. It really was a dream come true because I had the kids and then I had to stop and start and stop and start, but it was. Surreal. Yes, very excited. She has grown kids. She's actually a grandmother, but she is <laughs> single. So Boaz, if you are watching online. Come on, Boaz. We can hook you up. You've got to come to church four straight Sundays in a row, and we'll do a credit check. 
and a criminal check background, but we would love to have you. So we are so <laughs> excited. So we have a little gift Amen. here for you. And so we have a card on the back. You don't want to lose that card. You don't want to lose. You don't want to lose your card. <laughs> yes, and everything else. We just thank God that you'll continue to go on and you are an inspiration. There are people sitting out here and people that'll be watching online who like you, you have your kids, life happens, and they think, mm, I don't need that, but it was for you. And so we celebrate that. We are yes, very sweet. excited for you. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. And so next we have Miss Veronica Diaz. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we got all of your statistics up here. So you're graduating from high school in Frisco, Frisco High School. You're going to go to Marymount Manhattan College. I am so excited because New York is right next door to Boston. So that means you all will be able to, to be neighbors and keep up with each other. Do Absolutely. you want to say anything? We know that you have served young on our worship team. Yeah. And I know that you had moved from New York, yes. Yeah. And this transition was big from New York to Texas. You have a, oh. From Florida to Texas. Oh, from Florida to Texas. <laughs> so you were New York, Florida, Texas? I was, I was born in New York, but when I was a year old, we moved to Florida and that's where I was raised. And then before high school started, we moved here to Texas. How has that transition been for you? And you could tell the truth because we're in church. Um, it was a little hard at first just because, you know, you're you're saying goodbye to old friends and then having to make new ones. And and it, it felt like I was starting over again. But um, I, I was able to join the theater department and find a good family there. So they took me in and I felt good. We are so awesome. excited for that. We're very proud of you. We know that you have a calm and gentle spirit, but when it comes time to lead, you lead with excellence. And so yeah. we bless you. We expect to see great things from you. And not for us to brag that we know you, but we know the deposit of God that is in you. We know that you are a quiet storm, that you are the one, because you're quiet, that people can overlook, but you are the one that is going to shake things up. Yeah. And make things right. Good, good. I just heard, I don't know what that means. Shake things up mm. and make things right Thank in Jesus' Lord. name. So we are very excited. And so we bless you. Thank you for serving every weekend at your home. Yes, we will be calling you and expecting you to serve again because we <laughs> want to see that. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your testimony because that will help people too. I don't care if you're young or if you're seasoned starting over mm. leaving things behind yeah. and starting anew can be very difficult you and your family have done that with grace we love you we're going to miss you but as much as we're going to miss you we send you on with joy amen yes. amen awesome awesome all righty <laughs> i'm not she's talking about don't cry so for those of you that may be watching online this is pastor ray in our firstborn Nia Kennedy yeah and so we are so excited 
I told Nia and we have a son, Levi, and I told them uh, probably about two or three years ago, you all don't ever have to leave. You could just live with me. You can work media at the church and we are, get, we'll get drum lessons for Levi. He can play the drums. You can just stay with us forever. And she said, no, thank you, mommy. And so we are excited. So Nia is graduating from McKinney High with honors. Yeah, yeah. A 3.9. There were lots of undone dishes for that 3.9, so we celebrated. <laughs> Even though she did clean up the kitchen yesterday and she's tired. She is going to go to Emerson College in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Majoring in broadcast journalism. So, like Miss Wilhelmina, like Veronica, you didn't move, but you have served. I told you the other day that you have made these 18 years wonderful for us. And as much as I want to keep you, I knew before you got here that this day was coming. And so I celebrated. Just like I left Granny Gigi, then it's time for you to go. And I trust God enough. I trust him enough to allow you to go. But I trust the God in you to go and to do well because I will come up there and bring you back home. Is there anything you'd like to say to the people? <laughs> Amen. What are you going to miss most about being home? Um, I don't know. Probably like, being able to just like come home. Because like, a lot of my friends are staying in Texas or going to like Oklahoma and Arkansas. So like, not being able to like come home and like see everybody like on the weekends, that's probably what I'll miss the most. Okay, but you know what? Mommy can go work for Delta part-time and we can fly you home anytime you want to. <laughs> Maybe not. But we, we are excited to see you thrive. We are excited to see you do well. We do place a demand on the Jesus in you that you always act like you are loved, that you know that you always have a home, and that you do great things because you can. So we expect that from you. We pray over, especially the girls leaving. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them to keep them and to deliver them. Come on. So no evil thing shall befall you, according you. to Psalm 91, that the Lord will always be with you and he'll go before you. Never do anything alone. I don't care if you, it's just doing your laundry. Take somebody with you. Always be aware of your surroundings. And when life gets tough and when you are afraid, all you have to say is Jesus. Amen. That will be yeah. enough. Yeah. Just Jesus. Amen. You too, Nia, belongs to us, but you belong to us. We didn't birth you. Don't act like don't nobody love you. You will always have money for food and for laundry. <laughs> and for Ubers to go to church. Get you a good church there. We'll look one up for you. I know your parents are resourceful. Find you a community to connect with because when college girls start acting funny, you need somebody to pray for you. So get connected. Yeah. And, and every guy that comes your way, we will be doing a background check. We will be sending <laughs> yes, we will. Brother Teddy and Pastor up Amen. there. But we are excited. We love you. We bless you. And we expect great things because you serve a great God. Yes, we do. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's show our love one more time to all of our graduates. We are extremely proud of each of you.
beyond words. And uh, listen, let me just take a moment to brag on my baby girl. Uh, the apple didn't fall very far from the tree because check this out. Nia was selected to deliver the message at her baccalaureate service on Tuesday. So Nia will be bringing the word on Tuesday morning and encouraging her, her peers, her fellow graduates from the word of God. We are extremely proud of you, Nia, and all that God has in store for you. Uh, we would be remiss, right, if we didn't also acknowledge all the educators in the room. The reason we have students, the reason we have graduates is because of those who are educators. And I know there are a few in the room. If you're here this morning, would you just please stand? If you, if you run a school, you're an educator, you have an education background, just stand. We want to thank you. Please, why don't you stand? Trey, Miss Malak. Can see the, the 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 optometrist told me I need to wear my glasses all the time. So, okay, okay, Tammy's mom. Okay, thank you, fantastic. Thank you for all that you've poured into our students, and then also also our converged student leaders, Coquetzo Macafolo, who's no stranger to you, and also Miss Cree Adebaro. We thank God for you and your leadership and for pouring into our students. Would you like to say a word of prayer over our students and would you join us as we pray? Listen, for these history makers, for these world changers, they will serve God in their generation and they will leave an indelible imprint on their generation. We believe that for them in Jesus' name. One of the things we've always said about parenting is that parenting is not about compliance. The primary purpose of parenting is character development. And because you've poured into your children, while they're away from you, they will make the right choices because of the God that lives big on the inside of them. Pastor Wendy, would you lead us in prayer? Yeah, I'm going to ask Miss Andrea to come up first because okay. we do have a graduate, mm. her son Marcus. He is right, right, right. not here yet, but we want her to still come and stand in his place because we know that in the spirit that there is no time and space. Absolutely. So if you can get Marcus's gift and we are going to, I had a great speech for him, so we'll, we'll put him on, on, I'll do that later. Marcus, how tall is he now? He is 6'5". Marcus wow. and Nia... Marcus and Nia were in second grade. That is the first time I met Andre, and she wasn't at church. We actually ended up, sir, oh, just in time. Just in time. Come on down, Marcus. Awesome. <laughs> Why don't you come this Well, so here's the story is Marcus and Nia were in second grade together, and Andre and I were serving Valentine's breakfast for the second grade class and she actually helped me. I bought a, a pancake griddle but didn't know what to do with it. And so this was my speech I was going to give him. I, from second grade, I have had the opportunity to see him grow and grow and grow. And so we are so excited. We are so glad that you made it. We wanted to just honor you. Yeah. I know sometimes that we can speak, you know, just like, oh, we're so glad you're graduating. But I have had the opportunity from second grade to now to see you grow. And you have just been a mother's joy. You have made your mama very proud. And that makes us proud. We love having you around. And I'll tell you, like I told the ladies that we place a demand on the greatness that is in you Amen. the greatness that has always been there the greatness that you have not even 
tapped into yet. And you will be above only, not just in stature, but in the spirit of Jesus and not beneath the head and not the tail. So when you walk into the room, people are gonna think that it is your height that commands the room, but it is the spirit of God in you. And don't be ashamed of that. Allow that height to work for you. So you're gonna get their attention, but then lead with the spirit of God. So we too place a demand on you. You are going to, your statistics might've already been up. Oh, he's graduating from Heritage. He's going to Oklahoma State University and majoring in architecture. So we are excited about that and we love you. We told the young ladies, never act like you don't have a home. So when you can't call your mama, you text me or Pastor Ray, you will always have money for food and for laundry. And because you're a young man, maybe a nice date if we know her, if she's saved Uh. (laughs) and she go to church, then maybe we'll get you a Starbucks car. But we love you. We send you on with joy and we expect you to return with joy and just make things happen. Just be every bit of that big boy joy in the world. And we're just going (laughs) to see your name in light somewhere. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't lose the card. (laughs) Don't lose the card. Okay, well, I'm going to pray over you. We'll put them in the, put the students in the middle. And so, Marcus, we bless you. Nia Kennedy, we bless you. Veronica, we bless you. And Miss Wilhelmina, we bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these students. We thank you that before the foundations of the earth were established, that you knew them and called them by name for such a time as this. Lord, we pray your hedge of protection around them. Again, we speak out Psalm 34, 7, that the angel of the Lord encamps around about them to keep them and to deliver them from hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, we declare the word over them that with long life shall you satisfy them and they will declare the works of the Lord. Lord, we thank you that learning will be easy for them, that they will find joy in being a leader and in the hard places, Lord, that they lean into the word, into the spirit of God that is already deposited in them. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that they'll never miss a bill, a biscuit, or a beat in this process, Lord. I just pray for supernatural debt cancellation, that they won't have loans, that they won't have to uh, come out in debt, that they will not be fearful, they will not be overly anxious, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that in every situation that they lead and not follow, Lord, I pray that they whisper your name, Jesus, and you show up mightily on their behalf. Give them favor with instructors. Give them favor with good friends. And every evil and wicked thing that comes near their dwelling place, we cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. We render it impotent and of no effect. And Lord, we loose them to be the kings and queens you've called them to be. We loose them to this world to be the remnant today. Lord, we loose them to do mighty exploits in the earth. We seal it in faith. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. One more time, show your love for Wilhelmina Brown, for Veronica Diaz, Nia Kennedy Harmon, and Marcus Barnes, our class of 2020. I see y'all in the back. Come on, on your feet, standing ovation for these amazing 
generation shifters and leaders. Somebody take a picture. Somebody take a picture because we need to put them on Converge, <laughs> on, on the Converge Amen. page. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Miss, Miss Wilhelmina. Congratulations. Thank God bless. Thank you for coming. Congratulations. Congratulations, Nina. Love you. Congratulations. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Cree. All righty. So listen, we're about to dive into the word. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to introduce our speaker this morning. He's no stranger to Converge Church. In fact, he's part of the Converge Church family. Uh, he's a son in the faith to me and Pastor Wendy. And we're honored that he'll be delivering the word uh, this morning. Uh, before he does that, before he does that, I just want to acknowledge uh, some special guests with us. Are the Taylors here this morning? Dante, Dante and his family, they're here. Uh, a few weeks ago, we mentioned that there was a family right here in our community, in the subdivision just down the street, less than five minutes away, uh, who suffered a house fire. And uh, because of your generosity, we, we were able to immediately respond. And because of your generosity, we're not only going to respond once, we have something else for them. And, and so they're here with us this morning. Dante, thank you so much uh, for being a part of today's worship experience, man. Listen, we're standing with you. Uh, we have been praying for you and your family during this transition. And uh, listen, we're one phone call away. Uh, anything you and your family need, uh, please, by all... Hey, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> What's your name? You're Dante too. All right. Junior or the second? Dante the second is in the house as well. Listen, we're honored. God bless you. We're praying for you through this season. Amen. In fact, let's do that now. Let's pray for Dante and his family. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Lord, even in the midst of life's disruptions, we can still see your faithful hand. Thank you, Lord, that you protected and preserved their lives. Possessions can come and go. God, you are a restorer, but above all, we thank you that you have sustained their lives. Lord, I thank you for the good things you have in store for them beyond this season of loss. God, I thank you that you will restore to the tailors everything that the locusts and the canker worms have stolen. God, even restore it a hundredfold more in Jesus' name. And as a result of this season of adversity, they will be better, they will be stronger, and they will draw even closer to you. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for affording us the opportunity as a church to respond to this need and to be the hands and feet of Jesus extended to this beautiful family. God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. And everyone said, amen and amen. I know y'all ready to hear the word, and I know Coquetso's chomping at the bench, but I got to tell y'all one more thing. Somebody say one more thing. Come on, listen, listen, listen. Uh, I, I'm having a wild, uh, wilding out moment right here. Y'all don't act like y'all don't watch wilding out. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, my God is so good. And there you go. Let's try that one more time. For everybody that's saved, saved, that don't know what to say. Let's try to, I'm going to say, right? My God is so good, and you say, Bam. All right, so here it is. Here it is. All right, in real time. Our God is so good. 
On Friday, walk through the building with the inspectors. The inspection phase is done. And all we got left, y'all, all we got left is just to close on this building and they're gonna hand over some keys. Come on, somebody. That's how good our God is. The psalmist said, this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to share some old testimonies of what God's doing uh, behind the scenes, but it's glorious. It's hard for me to even describe and quantify, but the only way I can say it is this is the Lord's doing. And what I know is that our God is no respecter of persons. If he can do it for us, if he can do it for our church, guess what? He not only can do it, he wants to do it. And he will do it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, we're going to keep you posted about all the exciting things that are happening. Without further ado, listen, Coquetso is going to come and deliver the word. I think before he does that, we've got the little sermon bumper. He's going to come out and uh, listen, I love Coquetso because he's passionate about the word of God. And uh, again, just honored to call him a son in the faith today. I think he's representing his alma mater, Ivy League Brown University, man. Come on. We, God, God loves us so much. He's given us the best of the best. The media team, they're going to roll that video. And then the next voice you hear will be that of the incomparable, the illustrious Coquetso Macafola. God bless you. Um, yeah, today's a, it's a wonderful day. Uh, as always, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege to stand before you. Um, for those who are joining us for the first time, uh, my name is Koketso Makafula. I am the campus director for Converge here at McKinney. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, but the reason I stand here today is because I am also the um, youth and student ministry director and our tradition here at Converge Church is you know when we have a student focus weekend whether it's graduation Sunday or back to school Sunday uh, we want the student ministry directors to deliver the word um, so I have been tasked with that today um, and just fair warning right you have uh, some amazing preachers here at Converge Church um, I'm gonna be a little bit different. Uh, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher, so you'll hear some stuff you'll learn, some stuff maybe you didn't know. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, so today's message is, is sort of twofold. For me, it is bittersweet um, because it's graduation Sunday, right? And we have uh, three lovely students who have been part of our ministry for some years now. Um, and so it's a pleasure for me to say I've seen and watched them grow. Uh, not only as individuals, right, but also in, in the faith and, and, and in the ministry as well. Now they're 
great servant leaders and, and we're sending them off to continue to serve where they go. Um, so I say that to say um, that this, this message is really gonna be a, a, a direct exhortation, sort of an epistle uh, written to the students, right? As, uh, as we know from scripture, uh, when, when you've led somebody, uh, we've seen this with Peter, Paul, James, when you've led somebody in, in the ministry and then they face some issues and you're not able to be there with them, right? One of those things is that they will write letters to these churches, to these communities to help them address some of the issues that they're facing and also strengthen them in their faith. Um, so that's my job here today. Um, I'll be speaking directly with you um, three, but also God is good. Um, and he's good because he has something in there for each and every one of us, right? So uh, without further ado, uh, the message today comes from the book of Daniel, Daniel 3. It's a very, very familiar passage of scripture, right? And if the sermon had a title today, um, that title would be Even in the Fire, Even in the Fire, right? Um, and some of you already know, I hear some excitement, they're like, yeah. Um, but if you haven't, you know, maybe you're a new Christian, you didn't go to Sunday school, you don't know the story, don't worry, we're going to fill you in. Uh, so, you'll, you know, you'll be up to speed uh, just now. So, before we dive into it, uh, let us go ahead, open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll put it together and see how this all works out. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that we have a reason to celebrate. We're celebrating these graduates. We're celebrating your faithfulness in their lives, in the lives of their families, in the lives of their teachers. And Father, as we get ready to hear your word, we ask that you speak directly to each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher, and we're asking for a fresh revelation of Christ in the words that we're going to read today. You speak to us, Lord. Make these lips, make this tongue as a pen of a ready writer, ready to deliver the message that you have for us today. May we not leave this place the same. Jesus, do your thing. Move in our hearts and in our minds so that we are transformed when we leave this place and that we are not the same as when we came in. Father, we thank you for your word and we ask that you bless it, anoint it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. So I'm really excited uh, because this is a familiar passage of scripture that we've, uh, we've attacked a lot. Um, actually, with the students, we've studied this extensively. Um, so it's, it's going to be familiar to most people that are in the church. But before I dive in, right, before I dive into the message, um, I didn't want to say this. Um, you know, I'm not just celebrating graduates. My family is celebrating also somebody special. It's my wife's birthday today. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Yeah, please, please love on her. And, you know, when you see her out there, um, yeah, I wish her a happy birthday. So thank you. All right, so we're going to dive in now. We're going to dive in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, I'm going to read the scripture, um, and then we're going to put it together and see what God is, is pulling from these pages and what he's trying to tell us. Uh, we're going to be reading from the New Living Translation of Daniel 3, right? So we're going to start at verse 1. Um, and the title of, of, of the chapter is Nebuchadnezzar's Gold Statue. All right, so it says, um, starting at verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue nine feet tall and nine feet wide, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, uh, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 
Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he'd set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow down to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, somebody say, even in the fire. Amen. Amen. All right. So, verse 7 says, at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people... Whatever their race, nation, or language, bowed down to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, there's a lot to say about that, and I'm going to get back to it. Um, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. See, <laughs> the, the weird thing is, I'm just going to give you a little bit of context, right? The weird thing about this, well, let's start at the top. The fact that the statue was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Um, I'm an engineer, so al already the dimensions kind of look off to me. It, it would have been just an awkward thing sitting there, right? Um, but the reason this is interesting to me is because what happened in Daniel 2. And so you're like, what happened in Daniel 2? Well, I'll tell you. What happened in Daniel 2 was the king had an awful, awful nightmare. I mean, just awful. Can anybody guess what it was about? It was about a statue. Yeah, the king had an awful nightmare about a statue. The statue was made of a head of gold, like a body of bronze and legs of iron and feet of clay and things like that. So it was an awful, awful dream that he had. Um, and, and, and so he has this dream and he calls all of his advisors, his wise men, his magicians. He says, hey guys, I had an awful nightmare. Tell me about it. And of course, everybody's freaking out. It's like, what do you mean tell you about it? You dreamt it, you tell us what it is. It's like, no, 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 no. You tell me my dream and tell me what it means, or I'm going to kill all of you, right? So savage, savage. And of course, nobody knows what this guy dreamt about. Everybody's freaking out, but word gets to Daniel. And Daniel goes to his friends, his three friends that we're about to talk about today. He goes to them, he's like, guys, it's late over there with the king. He's had a bad dream. Everybody's about to die. Let's pray, right? So faithful, faithful God's people, they pray. And God reveals the meaning, well, the dream and its meaning to Daniel. So Daniel goes back to the king and says, hey, look, this is what God has told me. This is about these kingdoms that are going to come after you. You know, you're the, the head of gold, right? You're the kingdom, and then all the other ones are going to come after you. And then in that dream, there was a big rock that crashes the statue, shatters it, and grows into a great mountain. And Daniel says, that's a kingdom that God is going to establish that will never fall, right? And lucky for us, we're post-cross, we know that is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. What happened in that dream, though, or in that situation, after he told Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is like, wow, your God is the G, like capital G God, right? He's the one. I, I have to now, you know, believe that he's the one that raises and rises kingdoms and, and brings them down. So, you know, yeah, he, he's the real G. I got you, Daniel, right? So you'd think that from that experience, this guy would have learned who the real God is. And then you fast forward to chapter 3, and he's like, you know what? Almost, I think, this is just my interpretation, but I think it was almost that of defiance. He's like, in my dream, only the head 
was gold and that was my kingdom, I'm going to make a whole statue out of gold. Every part of it is going to be gold. And that means my kingdom, right, it will never come down because it's all, you know, made out of gold. So it's interesting. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of the back of what we're coming from. This guy just had an amazing spiritual experience with God showing him through Daniel who he is. And then fast forward, he forgets, and he's like, yay, I'm back. You know, Nebuchadnezzar. All right. All right, so we're going to jump out to uh, verse 8, right? In verse 8, uh, it says, But some astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a, degree, a decree requiring the all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments. The decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the statue that you have set up. And I think this is a good place to stop and talk about what we're really going to be focusing on today. See, the, the message of today is focused on the subject of integrity, right? And this is what we're seeing in these verses right here. It says, they refuse to serve your gods, and they refuse to worship the statue that you have set up. It's integrity. It's integrity. And this is not the first time we're seeing this. When we're introduced to these young men in Daniel 1 as exiles, we see them showing integrity. Um, so this is something that's in them. They know whose they are. And so they can live from that place of integrity. Verse 13 tells us, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar, he flew into a rage. And then he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they're brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. It's a reasonable request, right? Like one more shot. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. <laughs> and here's my favorite part. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Right? It's interesting because now he's like grouping all gods. He's saying, it doesn't matter what God you worship. I'm more powerful than them. What God is going to rescue you from me, right? And here's the response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from our power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Already, right? I could just go home. I mean, that's the word right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, verse 19 says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. I've never seen anybody that mad that it just it ruins your face, right? Your countenance just messed up. So he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. 
Then he ordered some of his strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into a blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, ooh, that's a good word. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. He exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we did. Mm, They replied, but look, Nebuchadnezzar, he shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth, he looks like a god. Now, in the original Aramaic translation, it actually says, like the son of God. Isn't that good? Yeah. So then Nebuchadnezzar came as close to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. Isn't that a flip? What God is going to save you from my power is like, oh, he's the most high God now. All right. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair in their heads was singed. Their clothing was not even scorched, and they didn't even smell of smoke. Even in the fire even in the fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than worship or serve any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree, he said. If any people, whatever their race, O nation, or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Why? Because there is no other God who can rescue like this. And it doesn't even end there. There's good news. Then the king, he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Somebody say, even in the fire. Even in the fire. All right. So like I said, uh, today's message, the focus is going to be around integrity. And I know this is important, right? Because we have a lot of parents. Um, and yours may not be graduating today, but I know as, as parents, some of the things that you're dealing with, questions in your mind are, when I'm not by my child, have I put enough in them that they can still be the person that they are around me even when I'm not there, right? And so, um, integrity. Well, definitions. Let's work with some definitions. This is from Google. It says it's uh, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or moral uprightness. That's integrity. Um, the second one, um, I think uh, Pastor Ray, um, he, he subscribes to this one, right? It's the state of being whole and undivided. Um, that's integrity, right? You're together. Um, and, and then the third one is, is what I, I like to add. It's not on Google, but I think it is, uh, it's what you do when you think that nobody's watching you, right? Um, 
So that's important. That's important. What do you do when you think nobody is watching you? Can you still be the same person that you are at church on Sunday, you know, looking good? Praise the Lord. And then I see you on Wednesday at Walmart, and are you still praising the Lord or cussing people out, right? Um, integrity. Integrity. Very important. So uh, three, three things for us to address today uh, from this word. Um, the first one, the first one is we have to watch out for idols. Yeah, we have to watch out for idols. And we see this, right, in um, Daniel 3 from verses 1 to 7. What, what we're seeing here is King Nebuchadnezzar, he puts up this gold statue, and it's magnificent. He puts it in a plane where everyone can see it. So he expects people to say, oh, okay, well, I see it. But I think what's interesting about it is he didn't just want this to be a gold statue just sitting in a plane, right? Because otherwise people would be like, oh, is that a gold statue? Let me get a piece, right? It's gold. But what he does is he sets up this whole arrangement. It's like, look, man, I'm going to need a musical production. you got to play this flute. you got to play zithers and lyres and harps, and it's going to be wonderful. And when you do that, I'm going to give that command, and everybody's going to bow. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And, and, and so we have to watch out for these situations. See, I don't think, I really hope, that nobody in this room has got you know, a gold statue at home that they're bowing to that... That's not the idol that I'm talking about, right? Like, to put it in context. But we have to watch out for these idols because this guy went through all this trouble. He makes this huge thing, and then he brings the production for when to worship it. What is clear from this is that everyone that saw the gold statue and subscribed to the command of the king was there to do what? To bring glory and worship King Nebuchadnezzar. The whole idea was that these people did not come there to bring glory to God. They came there to bring glory to the king in his image. He wanted to be the one that's praised, the one that's glorified, the one that's elevated above all things. And it's interesting. I did say I'm a teacher, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of another historical tidbit. So we're told about the statue in the plain of Dura, and I'm going to take you back a little, little ways back to Genesis. Um, because what we're seeing here is almost sort of like a reverse. If you study uh, the scripture, Daniel, when he talks about them coming into exile, he says they came into this land um, of Shinar. And if you go back to the book of Genesis, actually the, the Tower of Babel, or Babel, was right around this exact same plain, right? So what's interesting is when they're building the, power, the Tower of Babel, what God did was they were all one nation, one language, and then they started to try to elevate themselves. And God confused their tongues and split them up. And they became different races, languages, and nations. Nebuchadnezzar is doing the opposite. Around the same area, he puts a gold statue, and then he does what? He brings them back together. He says, people of all races, languages, and cultures, or whatever, now come back together. But this time, to worship me. Right? So it's interesting. Watch out. Watch out for those idols. What are some of the things in your life that you've idolized? Like I said, I don't think you have, you have a statue at home that you're worshiping. But if we're being completely honest, there are some things in our lives that we have idolized. You know, I, I don't know if you're a student. Maybe it's, it's your grades. And you're like, you know, I've got to get perfect grades all the time. Maybe you're not a student. Maybe you're an adult. And maybe it's your position, your career, your money. Maybe it's a relationship that you've idolized. You're like, this is the first thing in my life. When I wake up, 
Maybe it's not even a relationship. Maybe it's your phone that you've idolized. How, how many people wake up and the first thing they do is like, Instagram, right? It's an idol. So we have to watch out for those idols. We have to put the first thing first. The first thing in its rightful place, right? So we have to watch out for those situations. Because this, this is what they do. This is what they do. They give us a false sense of security. See, see what we do is we, we're fooled into thinking that these things that we essentially worship, because they are idols, we think that they fill these God-shaped voids in our hearts, and we keep seeking things to plug that, sh that void in us, thinking that those things can actually give us a sense of worth, a sense of value, where God is saying, you are who I say you are. And yet, where you are, you're thinking, I am what I have. So if I don't drive a nicer car, did God say, right? So just think about that. Because the things that we idolize, a lot of times why we do that is because we're looking around us. That's why we're giving ourselves this, this false sense of hope. In the end, we become enslaved to our very own creations, to our positions, to our relationships, to the stuff, instead of being connected to and with the source of all things. Isn't this the reason why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom? Yeah. And what he said, well, if you seek first the kingdom, I'm just going to be like, all right, they're worshiping me now. No, he said all these things, not some things, not some of the things, but all these things, the things that are consistent with God's character, the things that God has purposed for you to have, those things will be added unto you. But what we do is we create idols because sometimes we want the things that God has not purposed for us. I'm like, well, if God has a Ferrari for Marcus, I need a Ferrari added unto me. So I'm going to go get me one and worship it, right? So, so, so all these things he will add unto us. But, but one of the things that I wanted us to, to, to really think about, right, is the reason. The reason why these people even came to worship in the first place. There are two things, two forces, right? There's a push and a pull. For these people first, there was a pull, right? It wasn't just the glistening image of gold. There's a pull because there was a, there was a fanfare, right? There was a musical production. It was going to be fun. That was a pull. But for some, there was a push because, you see, Nebuchadnezzar is smart. He wasn't like, I'm going to put this statue and then you tell everybody to worship it and everything's going to be okay. He knew that not everybody was going to do what he wanted. So he was like, all right, well, there'll be some that are pulled by, you know, the magicians, the tricks and all that fun stuff. But then there'll be some that are like, eh, I don't feel like it. So there has to be a push. And that push for them is, well, I'm going to burn you alive, so just show up. See, we see push and pull a lot of in our society as well. So some of the things that we idolize are because of the pushes and pulls of society. What, what are some of those things that we're idolizing is we're, we're doing it because we're looking around and, and what do we hear? Everybody does it. So it's normal, right? It's normal, everybody does it. But I challenge you, I challenge you, as you're feeling the push and the pull of society around you, to stand in that integrity, in that faith that God has given you. Just because everybody has debt doesn't mean you have to get yourself in debt. It's normal. Everybody does it. God says the borrower is servant 
to the lender. Yeah. Right? So you don't want to be a slave to these things. God knows what you need, and he'll give it to you. And so we, we, we encounter situations like this, where we're faced with a question of whether we're going to live with integrity or not. And I fear sometimes, right, especially for young adults, uh, I look at the students as we're, as we're ready to, to give them to the world, is how are you going to act in the face of a question that challenges your sexual integrity? You're in college, mommy and daddy are not there. How do you answer those questions? When your peers are like, yeah, but we do it. Are you gonna say it's normal, everybody does it? In those situations of financial integrity, we're called to be good stewards. Are you gonna do, I don't know how, but I want it now, right? Get now and pay later. Like what do we do in those situations where our integrity is questioned? What we believe and what we know God is calling us to do are at, at war. Those things are at war with what society is telling us to do. Then there's that push and a pull, right? And if you're not pulled by the attraction of those things, maybe there's a push, peer pressure, people telling you to do those things because again, it's normal. Everybody does it. That's the challenge that we have, that challenge of integrity where we have to look back to God's word and say, what does God say about me in this situation? We don't have to completely normalize idolatry in our lives. Even at the risk of getting canceled, we have to stand firm. We have to watch out for those idols. We have to watch out. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, this is the, f the, the fall, right? The trap is that this draws us away from our true confession and our confession of faith in Jesus Christ. That's what all of this stuff does. If Jesus is not the first thing on your to-do list in the morning, when you're like, you know what, I'm going to acknowledge him, I'm going to put him first, before I even step out and start my first assignment, before I open my first email, before I even check my bank account or my social media, I'm gonna say a word of prayer and acknowledge him and bring him into that situation, amen. So let's not let our idols pull us from our confession of Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two. Number two. Uh, I said there were three things. Number two is we need to be fully persuaded. Yeah. And some of you are fully persuaded. Yeah, well, I'm fully persuaded. I need that Gucci bag. No. <laughs> fully persuaded. Fully persuaded in what? All right. So this is what I mean. See, we hear that not everybody was impressed, right? Not everybody was impressed by this decree that they have to worship the statue. Some people were like, hey, look, man, <clears throat> that doesn't feel right. These men were fully persuaded. You see, sometimes what happens is you're gonna be singled out when you're hot for Christ. Yeah, yeah, be ready to be singled out. People are gonna say, yeah, he's no fun. Jesus freaked that one, nope. But it's okay. Like, I actually told our students this um, when we were wrapping up our, our spring semester. I said, you know, one of the things that was interesting to me is there was a time in my life when being called a Jesus freak was like, ah, that's kind of embarrassing. It's no fun. But then I grew up. <laughs> that's the best way to say it. I grew up and 
Now I'm praying everybody that sees me is calling me a Jesus freak. <laughs> because I want to be known for a guy who's hot for Christ. One that is with him in all that he does. And so this is my challenge to you. If you're going out into the world, be fully persuaded. You see, the thing is, we cannot truly live out something. We can confess it, but you can tell when somebody just says something, and you can tell when somebody says something because they've experienced it. You, you need to have that experiential like, knowledge of Christ. You want to be like, it's, it's the Jesus of my mom and dad. But I can tell you the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. It's like, well, but you don't know anything about this man. See, I don't need you to tell me Genesis through Revelation if you know that at the cross you are set free. And you are fully persuaded. You know that that's the word of Christ for you. You're going to have to deal with some haters. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with haters. Um, and it's going to be interesting Right? And I don't know how sometimes you handle these things. There's a lot of pressure now and with social media and all of that. Um, but I know when we, you know, when I was in college, we used to say, you know, haters hate and tomatoes tomate and just move on. Right? And it, it, was, it was also awkward for me because I say tomatoes and I'd be like, haters hate and tomatoes. <laughs> all right, they tomate. Sure. But you're going to have to deal with haters. And, and, and sometimes you'll get an ultimatum. Nebuchadnezzar, right, in 315, he tells them, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Now, there will be times when you're faced with that question, maybe even internally. Maybe you're dealing with a pressure at school, you're dealing with pressures at work, and you're wondering what God will be able to save me from this situation. So the challenge for being fully, fully persuaded is, one, do you believe that God is able all right, that's the first step. That way, that's why he posed the question, what God is able to save you? And he said, what God is going to, but he said, is he able to do it? And then is he able to do it for me? And then finally, will he do it? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you're fixed on that thing, right? These young men, they didn't bow because they were fixed on someone else. They were fixed on someone that was more enchanting, more glorious than the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. See, this, they, they're fixed on somebody whose entire body could be shining and glowing like lightning and fire. Gold doesn't even come close to the glory of God. And they were fixed on that. And this is what they say. When you're fully persuaded, they said that God whom we serve is able to save us. Do you believe, do you truly believe that God is able to save you today? I don't know what you're going through, but somebody is going through something and that question is running through your head. What is God able to do? Well, he's able to do it, whatever it is. This is the same God that suspended the sun and stopped time so the Israelites could fight a little bit longer and get their victory. This is the same God who tells his nation to walk around and the walls just fall down. This is the same God who's able to split the sea so you can walk on dry ground. In 2022, I don't think we should be asking if he's able. Of course our God is able. Able to do what? Whatever you need him to do. He is able to provide 
When you're in there, you're like, well, there's more month left at the end of the paycheck. God is able to provide. When you're going through a rough time in your marriage and you're wondering who will save me from this thing, God, he is able to restore marriages and relationships. Our God is able to change the hearts of men and women. Our God is able to do all of it. Do you believe? Are you fully persuaded that whatever you're in, whatever fire you're walking in right now, that God is able to get you through it? Because this, this is where you're tested. This is where you're challenged. Maybe you believe and that's your confession. You're like, yes, my God is able to do it. Yes, he will. And then part two, they say what? Even if he doesn't. But even if he doesn't. And I think that's an important question for us to address, right? So now you've fully persuaded, my God is able to save me from the situation. He's able to get me through all of these things. Is your faith strong enough to say, even if he doesn't, I'm going to still worship him. Even if he doesn't, I still believe that he's just as powerful. He's just as able to deliver. Even if he doesn't deliver me, he's still able to deliver. Can you make that confession of your faith and say, I know that he's able, but even if he doesn't do it the way I expect it, even if he doesn't do it the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it, he is still God and he is still able yeah. So uh, we see in um, Romans eight twenty eight, right? This is this is the answer to our question: Is our God able? Um, Romans eight twenty eight tells us that um, we know. It says, and and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose, right? So what does that mean? Pastor Ray has talked about this, um, reading the scripture and missing the first part, right? The end we know. And I feel like that happens to pretty much all of us. I, I know I've missed that a lot. Because I've been in those situations where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, God is able. God is able. And he's, God works all things together for the good. God works all things together for the good. But I was saying it and I wasn't even fully persuaded I didn't say, I know that God is going to work this thing out. I said, yeah, God is going to work it out. God is going to work. Well, he did it for me. Now he's going to do it for me. He's going to work it out, right? So that, that's that, that full persuasion. That, that's where we need to be. And, and this is the part that I love the most in Romans 8.37, right? God continues. And Romans 8 is a beautiful part of Scripture. If you don't read it, you should. You should memorize the whole thing. It's beautiful. But in Romans 8.37... Um, Paul is addressing the Roman church and he says, guys, I know you're going through a lot. Um, but in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors in him who loved us. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're facing today. But what Jesus is saying is, look, you are more than a conqueror because of my love. I've got this. I am able to do it. I'm able to rescue you. I'm able to deliver you. I'm able to provide for you. You're more than a conqueror. Is that your confession today? Are you fully persuaded? Because if you're not, what Jesus has called me to say today is, 
you are more than a conqueror. So be fully persuaded. Be fully persuaded. And this is where it, it, it kind of gets long sometimes, right? Sometimes we say God is able to deliver us and he's able to save us. But then we still come into a situation where we run into trouble. You find yourself in need. You find yourself lacking something. And you're asking, where is God in this situation? Well, that's wonderful. I have good news. Part three. In those moments, there is another in the fire. Yeah. When you find yourself in that fiery furnace, you are never alone. There's always another in the fire. Uh, there's a wonderful quote by um, Dr. Warren uh, Wiseby. And he says this. He says, when God permits his children to go through the furnace, he keeps his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I love it. I love it. Because what God is trying to tell you is he's not always going to show up the way you're expecting him to. You see, sometimes I'm there, I'm praying, my God is able, and I'm praying, God, don't throw me, don't let them throw me in the fire. But see, what our God knows, it, the scripture tells us, His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts, higher than ours. He sees the end from the beginning. You see, what God does is sometimes He'll let you go in the furnace because the miracle is in the furnace, not in the avoiding of the furnace. I'm praying, don't let me go in there. And if I don't go in, that's going to be a miracle. But God says, you got to go in so you can come out untouched. And that's the miracle. See, sometimes what God does, He lets us go through that crucible, that fiery furnace. And this is the part that I love about Him, is He doesn't just let us do it, but He models it. You see, what God did in Gethsemane is exactly this. Jesus was walking through a fiery furnace of His own. And he said, look, God, I know you can get me out of this situation. But even if you don't, nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Because Jesus understood that the miracle was at that cross. He said, look, I can get out of this situation, but if I don't bleed, nobody's going to plead the blood in their situations. If I don't get whipped, there will be no stripes by which they're healed. I got to go in that crucible. I got to go in that fire because in the fire is the miracle. So when you go in the fire, sometimes you're asking God, where are you? And he is right there with you. There is another, there's another in the fire. In those times when serving God is not comfortable, in those times when serving God just feels so hard, it costs you something. You know, sometimes it, it, having integrity is going to cost you a lot. You know, just think about it, like, like in the, even in a bigger context. Maybe you're, you're a Christian business person and somebody wants to do a shady deal worth millions and millions of dollars. Get what? Doing the right thing is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost some relationships. It's going to cost some deals. If you're that truth teller in people's lives, it's going to cost a little rift. But it's worth it. It's worth it because Jesus has called us to exactly that. 
He's already counted the cost for us. So all we have to do is carry that cross and follow Him. And when we do, He is with us. He is with us in the fire. So in those situations, when God is watching the clock with His hand on the thermostat, you may be wondering, what do I do? I know He's able. I know He can rescue me. But what do I do in this situation right now? In a message I did probably a few months ago, I talked about the struggle of prayer, that the struggle was real and that in some moments, we have to wrestle with God in prayer. And I love what is modeled here um, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Um, it says, Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is what you do in those situations. You look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his shame. And what happened? He is now seated at the right hand of God's throne. You see, there's a purpose for the fires that God allows us to walk through. And, and sometimes the miracle isn't that you're unsinged and you don't smell like smoke. Sometimes maybe you get burned a little bit, but there's a purpose of going through those fires. And when you do, when you do, that faith that has been tested is going to be cemented. And God will know that whatever you're going through, you will know. This is where you, your testimony. You'll look back and you'll say, I have walked through the fire and God was there with me. And so whatever I face come what may, I know He will still be there with me. The truth is we can only hope for faithfulness when it is not our own faithfulness that we're thinking about. You see, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking God is looking at how faithful I am and the more faithful I am, the more faithful I get and all of that. But that, the truth is we increase our faithfulness. We grow in our faith when we look to the perfect faithfulness of Jesus Christ. You see, it's not about what we can do or what we've done. It's about what He's already done. That perfect finished work. That faithfulness that took Him to the cross. He loved God unto death. So you can just rest in His grace and allow His faithfulness to lead you through the crucible, the fires that you're going through. And so in Romans 10, 17, it says... Uh, faith faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ you see my encouragement to you um, is wherever you are when you find yourself in those fires to remember that faith it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god dig deep into the word when you find yourself in those situations you have to hold on to what is true this the word of god your faith will rise up and bubble up in you as you immerse yourself in that word and in prayer. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? It's not come, faith comes by going to church on Sunday. 
No, it's by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So immerse yourself so that God can empower you and give you that grace and the strength to get through those situations. And this is where we'll close. Uh, we'll close with John 16 and 33. In John 16, 33, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, look, I have told you all this so that you have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Yeah. So, so, so when you go through those trials, remember this. Set the first thing first. Let's get rid of the idols in our hearts. And maybe, maybe that's something you haven't thought about, but I challenge you today to take stock of your life and really begin to say, what are the things that I have put before Jesus? And let me take that stuff and put Jesus first and that stuff next. And then be fully persuaded that this Jesus that we serve is exactly who he says he is. And when we're fully persuaded, this Jesus, our Jesus, he will always be with us, man, in that fire. And so regardless of what you are going through today, God tells us this much. Whenever you're faced with your own fiery trial, God he will be there. He always is and always will be there beside you. We're saying that even when we don't see him, he's working. Even when we don't feel him, he's working. Let's believe that. Because regardless of what we're going through, our God will be with us through those trials. And so to my students and to everybody listening, Ah, but first to the students, man, when you find yourselves away from home and you're wondering, where do I go from here? Ah, Pastor Wendy said it. Just say, Jesus. That's it. He says, Jesus. And he will be there with you. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to say any more. Just by saying, Jesus, you're saying the name that is above every other name. By saying Jesus, you're saying the name, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, and the God of Gods. Just say Jesus, and He will be there with you. Amen. Amen. So when you go through that fiery trial, remember that God is with you, and that He will never leave you nor forsake you. His word is true. His word is true. And I pray that He will seal this word in our hearts as we go. And that as we go through our own fiery trials, we know that there is always and there always will be another in the fire with us. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that there is always another in the fire with us. Jesus, we thank you that we do not have to go through anything by ourselves. That, Lord, you will carry us on your very shoulders. That same word that tells us that, Father, you will leave the 99 for just that one. So, Father, for the one, that one that is going through a fiery trial right now, Father, I pray that you remind them to be fully persuaded in who you say you are. Show them your grace. Walk as the second, as the third, as the fourth in that fire. Be the other in all these situations regardless of what is needed because we know that what is true 
is that you love us and that nothing will separate us from our, your love for us. So we thank you, Jesus, and we thank you for your word. It is in your mighty and matchless name that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Coquetzel, Macafola. Awesome word this morning. Even in the fire. Even in the fire. You may be seated. I'm just going to say a couple things uh, uh, before we're dismissed this morning. Thank you for that reminder, Coquetzel. The importance of integrity. Listen, God has called us to stand out, not to fit in. I think that's one of the lessons we learned from this story. It's so easy to conform our lives and measure our lives by what is popular. But the truth is, if we're going to follow Christ, we are going to have to move in the opposite direction of where culture is going. Do you hear what I'm saying? And it's often unpopular. In fact, Jesus said it this way. There's a road that leads to destruction and many there be that take it. But the road that leads to life is narrow and there are only a few that take it. And what I love about this story is that these young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were teenagers when they were taken from their homeland and displaced for 70 years in Babylon. And these guys were making these decisions as teenagers. And so when I think about sending my teenage daughter to Boston, liberal Boston, I see that as a furnace. But the truth is, because of what we have deposited in her, Nia has her own, but if not. And I think what Coquetzel did for all of us this morning is to challenge us to find our own, but if not. What if God doesn't do it the way I expected it to happen? What if I end up in the furnace? It's something in leadership that's called the preemptive decision. You know what that means? It means the most important decision you will make in life is the decision you make before you have to make the decision. I'll say that one more time. The most important decisions you will make in your life are the decisions you make before you have to make the decision. It's called the preemptive decision, meaning before you're confronted with compromise, have you made a decision that no matter what, I'm gonna honor God. Even if I lose the million dollar deal, even if I lose my job, the preemptive decision says I will honor God no matter what. And that's what integrity is, that even in the fire, I won't bend, I won't break, I won't bow because I've decided to honor God no matter what. And these are the decisions, if you're in a fiery furnace, on your job, if you're in a fiery trial, in your relationships, in your marriage, what preemptive decisions have you made to honor God that says, I know God can, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, I know that honoring him is the right thing to do. And you've heard me say this before, when we talk about Job, the part that we leave out in Job's story, it said Job's wife said, curse God and die. The part we leave out is Job's wife's wife first said, are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? The one thing Job had when his body was covered with boils 
when his children were dead and his livestock was gone was his integrity. It was the preemptive decision. It was the decision that he made before he had to make the decision that I'm going to honor God no matter what, even if I lose everything. And that's what we're praying for our children and that's what we're praying for our church, that we will be the kind of church that is willing to stand out not to fit in. And that's the lesson we learned from these four teenage boys who found themselves in exile. No mama, no papa, who still did the right thing and honored God. Let me pray for you as we're dismissed, or before we're dismissed. Father, we thank you for this word that you have entrusted to Koketsu. This reminder, God, of what you're calling us into, to be the kind of people and the kind of Christ followers, Father, that don't compromise, when we're threatened, when we're intimidated because of the decisions that we have made to honor you and to be people of integrity. God, I thank you for your promise that you will deliver us not just from the fire, but sometimes, God, you choose to deliver us in the fire. So God, even in the fiery trials, we will choose to stand upon your word and trust you and know that, God, you will never leave us nor forsake us because you are always the fourth man in the fire. Father, I pray for those, Father, who are straddling the fence. I pray that today would be an opportunity for us to make the preemptive decision. Like Job, no matter what, God, we will honor you and trust you, even when it seems that life is falling apart. And God, we thank you that the promise that there is always another in the fire with us will be enough. I thank you for doing that now in the lives of your people. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we give you the praise for building a church and building a people that have been tried and tested by fire. And we come out without a trace, without even the smell of smoke, because you are with us. Everybody who believes and agrees, shout a good amen. Come on, I know y'all can do better than that, Converge. Yes. Come on, somebody. Awesome job, man. Why don't you stand with us as we're dismissed? Raise those hands toward heaven. Let me declare the blessing of the Lord over you. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord make his countenance ah, to fall upon you and give you peace in all that you do, in all you set your hands to, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.